Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Warning. You have entered the realm of the gods. So give us your mind and your full attention. So you say you deal with esoteric information? I never heard of such. Well, you're in for a treat.
I don't need to be a dope boy, my poetry is dope enough. Trapping into Stella while my third eye open up. See through all the lies that y'all tell it with a straight face. Return of the luminous ones. Y'all better make way to find a chapter. Find a collapse on all you politicians. They politic and how to lead a world no pot to piss in. The way I think is more deeper than the Grand Canyon. I guarantee this black man would be the man standing. My premonition matched the old Mac calendar. It's always accurate like a lightweight challenger. For all you wicked riches and the wizard of Oz. You and that man behind the curtain, yeah, y'all fixing the fall. Only a matter of time before shit hits a fan. Here's an idiot's guide for you on how to get a man. I don't need a bunch of homers to ride or die with me. I can call on Hey Ruth to fly the skies with me. We going through the transition and it's all she wrote. Put on my auntie, gave my Jesus Christ back to the folk. Doing well, God. How you doing? I'm doing good, doing good. All right. 
All right, the topic of the show tonight is the metaphysical end of religious confusion. I know you probably got some things you want to say on that, um, Brother L, before we get into it. Yeah, uh, I would just read this uh, paragraph in the book called C.C. Zang, by C.C. Zang. Right. And uh, it says here about the Red Sea. Now, mm-hmm. red is the color ruled by the planet Mars, and the sea typifies the emotions. The Red Sea, therefore, symbolizes a condition of sensuality and sensation by those who listen to the to the dictates of the divine soul or until and are utilized to build a fit tabernacle, tabernacle to God. But to those who less worthy, they become to a snare, and such persons are flooded with and drowned in the sea of their own animal propensities. Mm, so what he's talking about is actually um, the study of Tantra. Um, um, how to utilize um, lust in order to transform it into love. And um, not just reside at the animalistic nature of just the lust aspect. Well, I mean, that's something in which that more by the name of um, Beverly Pastel Randolph actually taught um, at the turn of the 19th century. Um, actually, from the, what, the 1850s on up until um, 1875 or so. I mean, he became uh, the, the supreme grand master of all the Rosicrucians in the world, essentially. You know, so um, he taught these types of things. This is where um, the sexual information comes from, from the Theosophical Society, the Anthroposophical Society. Um, that's Madame Bavaskin up on the world of Steiner, as well as also um, Alistair Crowley of the AA and the OTO. You know, so, you know, of course he perverted it. And my teacher, yeah. um, Grandmaster Sonia Saraswati, um, always spoke about the fact that, you know, that Alistair Crowley perverted the teachings of um, of Tantra, of of the information um, coming from a another Rosicrucian, um, the more by the name of Bethy Pastel Randolph. So we definitely see that and understand is that the Red Sea um, symbolizes the emotions. Uh, the blood flow into the lower extremities. Of course, what pumps the um, the blood flow or split the Red Sea actually is the heart itself. You know, the to and fro motion, you know, of mm. um, blood within the bloodstream. You know, so we see that when we're talking about esoteric principles, we're talking about the internal mechanism that takes place, the internal science, alchemical science, something in which that uh, most people fail to realize because they're so busy getting caught up into the story and not, you know, getting, you know, really involved in the real science behind it all, you know. And that's the problem that's really going on, um, Brother L, and why we doing the show tonight. Well, we're going to go into, yeah, going into uh, some more uh, uh, deep and digging deep into the mysteries of this right, subject. Right, right. You know, right. Um, mm-hmm. If we have more better understanding, hopefully, hopefully, you know, uh, instead of just understanding it outwardly and just exoterically, uh, understand it esoterically, you know, right? And, and give them, uh, tell them what what a cult really means. It don't mean something evil or wicked. You no, know? it means the science mm-hmm. that is hidden. Right. It just means that it's which is hidden. 
Right, right, right. Amen. They don't have they don't have a problem saying amen at the end of their prayers, and amen means hidden force. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the word of call is nothing more than uh, the Latin rendition of the ancient comedic word amen. Um, essentially, yeah, they both means hidden. You know, and that hidden power, that hidden force, is what we want to tap into. You know, finding out the mysteries. Because there's so much going on, so much disinformation, so much misinformation, um, we would want to be able to do that. I mean, we live in a world of religious confusion. I mean, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Zoroasterism, Hinduism, Taoism, mm-hmm. Confucianism, Buddhism, Jainism, Shintoism, Sikhism, um, Baha'ism, you know, and etc. So throughout the major world religions, there's over like 183,000 denominations, sex cult schisms, and isms. You know, so seemingly um, the world is full of conflicting ideas about God, about spiritual truth. You know, right. and this is not to take a slight at Christianity, but I mean it's the largest um, denomination. You know, um, we're talking about nearly, you know, two billion people. You know, uh, uh, the largest in number of adherents, you know, but it's filled with various contradictions, you know, contradictions about God. You know, not not even traditional Orthodox Christianity really knows what and and, and who God is. You know, so much so that the cause for this um, confusion is simply that um, human beings are trying to figure out and reason for themselves what God nature, you know, is like. So many people do not and cannot accept any statement that does not confirm what they presently believe, even if the belief that they presently hold to be true are based on false information yeah. and are inconsistent with reality. Yeah. You know, so many of the things that the mind of man believes, the, the mind of man has conceived. But these things are not always based on truth. So 500 years ago, or so, Europeans believed that um, the sun revolved around the earth and that, you know, essentially that the earth was totally flat. Now, we know that right. the earth is flattened at the poles, you know, and that's the reason mm-hmm. why we have 365 um, degrees or days as compared to 360. It's not a perfectly round orb, as even NASA shows us a perfectly round orb, which is nonsense. That's some more disinformation, you know, and make us think if they've actually gone, you know, um, how far have they really gone outside of the Earth's atmosphere, you know? But we do know that the Earth is flattened at the poles, but it's not totally flat. It's like an egg. If you turn it sideways, that's how the mm-hmm. Earth actually will look. No oblong mm-hmm. shape in that in that way, you know. So there's a lot of things, and then it wobbles at 23.5 degrees. It wobbles, you know. But yet you don't never see this wobbling effect in any of the NASA pictures, you know. So not only is we being tricked by religion, we being tricked by science. Yeah, big time. And so both of them, you know, both of them correlate to mass confusion. You know, and so that's what we're going to do tonight is try to figure out um, what's real and what isn't, you know, as much as possible, you know. Um, 
basically we are the sum total of all our beliefs and you know your beliefs are always subject to change my beliefs is always subject to change you know as your knowledge base expands right most people refuse to accept new beliefs simply because it contradicts their present belief system mm-hmm. so to continue to be um to believe in a proven falsehood is detrimental to the believer you know so one must never be afraid to reevaluate or evaluate new information and if it's proven to be true to accept it you know as proof to be uh, proven to be true so in light of this fact we must be willing to evaluate our belief systems even if this means exploring all right the myths that have served as our foundation you want to explore the myths because people fear instability you know um, um, they, they fear not having security and mm-hmm. right now they have used white Jesus pale Jesus as um, a security blanket it's like Linus if you remember on the um, um, on the um, on um, Charles um, Charlie Brown you know Linus had to um, make sure he was taking that blanket everywhere he went yes, he did. or all hell would go you know break out <laughs> you know and so you know therefore it's natural for 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 people to resist the destruction of their old belief system until they have accepted belief system to replace the old one and this is what um pastor Ray Hagen's um speaks about is um cognitive dissidence you know um that separation that that separation of yourself from proven facts and knowledge, wisdom, understanding, overstanding, understanding, and the beliefs, you know, not based on facts, you know, um, and how we love to continue with that as compared to something much more concrete. So uh, for people who want to begin to start exploring that idea we would suggest that you read from the Broder Files to 22 Essays of African American Experience by Anthony T. Broder alright we we think that's probably one of the beginning books for someone who's just coming into knowledge and information you know as that was one of the um, there's a little small book that has enough pictures in it enough common sense essays in order to bring anyone who doubts, you know, um, uh, Kemetology, uh, misnomer Egyptology, um, as well as, you know, African history, Afrocentricity, as well as American history, you know, uh, you know the Maru um, people, you know, of the Americas. You know, so... <laughs> want to be able to get uh, a clear understanding and understanding of this information. Now, the African people, in particular the Twa people, misnomer the Pygmies, are the oldest people or oldest human beings on Earth. All right? Now, this is proven in too many different books. And, of course, this is from archaeology and anthropologists 
you know, um, however, if you get the book called Forbidden Archaeology, The Hidden History of the Human Race by Michael Cremore and Richard L. Thompson, um, they speak about South African miners um, that have found hundreds of metallic spears while underground, and at least one of the, um, at least one had parallel grooves running across and around the equator of it. Now, scientists have tested it, all right, and it came from out of um, phyrophilic um, rock, which was mined in West Transvaal, South Africa, which dates back to 2.8 billion years ago. Mm. 2.8 billion years old. All right, so <clears throat> the Twa people are the oldest human beings on Earth. That means there was technology... 2.8 billion years ago that was able to smelt metal. Alright? They that even was, state that, that, that these... was a civilization, man. Right. So, advanced it, civilization. 2.8 billion. Yeah. Brother L, the information goes as far as stating that these metallic spears had to have been made in zero gravity. Mm. The way that they was um, structured. And that these spears are not natural objects. And their hmm. origin is unknown. But they obviously was created by intelligent beings. So, if the oldest people on the planet was the Twa people, documented, then we can correlate the two. Therefore, Africans are highly intelligent beings. At least those who was able to smoke this unknown metal. Not saying that the metal does not exist, it just has not yet been found. Mm-hmm. All right? But it was some type of iron ore that has been on a, you know, that, that, that stretched back to 2.8 billion years ago. You know? So, if you get the book, Signs and Symbols of Primordial Man by Albert Churchward, Dr. Albert Churchward, he states that the pygmies, um, misnomer the pygmies, we call them the Twa or the Pata or the yeah. Anua and Mu people, were the original and the oldest living people on the face of the planet Earth. He says that the now Negroes were probably one of the first of the Anru race. That race was from the first and oldest race of men after the pygmies. Okay? If you get the book um, Gods and Spacemen in the Ancient West by Raymond Drake, he states that the pygmies, who we misnomer, the Twa, inhibited Earth for 30 million years. That's a, that's that's a, he's being very conservative, but that's his estimate. So even according to this account, Africans, you know, has has been on Earth 10 million years before the evolutionary development of the ape species. You know? Mm. And that's just based on the gods and the spacemen in the ancient West. Because they say that the ape species only go back as far as 20 million years. But <laughs> the pygmies, who was the court of Trois, inhibited the Earth for at least 30 million, based on his estimates. We say 2.8 billion and further, based on our estimates. And this correlates to what Honor Bilash Muhammad told us. 
You know, Brother L, you was in the NOI, FOI. Um, what did he say about our birth record? There is no set birth record. It says it's uh, seven, uh, 66 trillion years. <laughs> there you go. Some say 76 trillion years. That's right. So no. why is it that every time I turn around, we, it, the anthropologists and archaeologists have to keep going further back, but yet it's being hidden? Right, because they cannot trace our history. Right. Because they want us to have this belief system that Charles Darwin um, stated that we arrived from apes and monkeys. <laughs> but, you know, this is not true because Discovery News states that all nine African part Neanderthal genetics confirmed. Or the apes and monkeys confirmed. All right. you got to do is cut their hair off, what they look like. Right. Well, the Neanderthal is the Yeti, a small version of the Sasquatch or Bigfoot. So mm. the Asians and the Europeans have more than 4 to 8%, some say as high as 12% of Neanderthal genetics. This is the monkey that they're referring to, the missing link that they're referring to. An analysis by um, Dr. Jennifer um, Vegas. This is um, dated Monday, July 18, 2011. If your heritage is non-African, you are part Neanderthal, according to the new study in the July issue of the Molecular Biology and Evolution. Discovery News has been re has been reporting on humans Neanderthal interbreeding for some time now. So that the latest research confirms earlier findings. They determined some of the human X chromosomes originated from Neanderthals, but only in people of non-African heritage. <laughs> Nevertheless, the Twa, the pygmies, misnomer the pygmies, did not have a traditional, uh, um, um, did not have these genetics as they are the oldest people on the planet. And neither did their um, their offsprings, known as the Nubians, um, you know, said Kushites. You know, now to say that is to say this is that the Twa, the Pygmies, also did not have a traditional religious system. They simply lived in tune with nature. Now, myself as a sociologist which I have my degree in sociology, um, we, when you examine the Twa, misnomer the Pygmies, their traditional religious system would be what we refer to as pantheism. All right? Pantheism is a Greek word in which that means all, and theo, which means God. They believe that everything was God. In other words, um, that hidden force, amen, all right, in which that is called with an ancient comedic script, is what produced everything that we can see, touch, taste, smell, and hear mm. in existence. Of course, we know that that is called chi in China. We know that is called ki in Japan. We know that is called kahuna mana in Hawaii. We know it's called in Christianity, Holy Spirit. We know that in the Vedic Sanskrit text um, amongst the yogis is known as prana. 
that's the hidden force. All right, and that is what the Twa people understood. Right, it's the belief that everything composes an all-encompassing, imminent God, and that the universe or nature is identical with with divinity. This is why they put down the technology. Oh yeah. Because they understood the destructive nature of technology. So yes, there's nothing new under the sun. Everything that we have now existed before in some shape, form, or fashion. But they went back to a simpler life because they understood the technology in the wrong hands is detrimental and damaging to society as a whole and destructive to nature in which that they was trying to attune themselves back to. Right, so therefore, um, pantheists—they do not just believe in a personal or anthropomorphized god, something external or outside of themselves. They don't believe in that. All right, mm-hmm. um, not like just coming in just one form. That power is in all forms and is in you. It's in me. Okay? Therefore, uh, this goes back to like what we read within the Bible that when Jesus said he's seen, when you see me, you see God. When I see you, I see the Father type of thing. In other words, I recognize God within everything that I see, especially you. Uh-huh. A lot of okay. no. Right, right, they don't. You know, so therefore religion was developed from the traditions, the customs, the daily rituals, the mental archetypes and symbols of the Torah. And their children, the Nubians, or who be referred to as the Kushites, the Ethiopians. You know, um also relating from the Bantu people, you know, um in which that be referred to as the Bushmen. Or the Hottentot. You know, these are all European terminology. But we're talking about um, what is called African people. As we know, Pangea, hence pantheism, 2.8 billion years ago is far, far back when all the land masses were once together. Scientists say that the landmass did not break apart until 200 to 250 million years ago. Mm. That means the Twa people spread it out on all seven continents prior to what Prophet Nobudrali called the Great Earthquake, in which that caused the continental drift. And the lands to depart from one another Seemingly It's just like a puzzle You can take North America And place it right on top of mm-hmm. North Africa Northwest Africa You can take Central and South America And place it right up under The coastline of West Africa 
you can take India and Masagara, um, um, if I'm not saying, I believe I'm saying that correctly, and you can take them and place them right there together. Um, um, Saudi Arabia and all of that right there on the east coast portion of Africa. So the way that they even have the way that they even have Africa set up, Africa still sits as the throne, and that's what you know essentially what um, Dr. Khaled Muhammad was saying. Africa is our throne, but the earth is our home. We rule the whole 196,000 miles in diameter from our throne. You know, and that's what he was saying. You know, um, you want to go into any anything that we talked about so far, Brother Al? Uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, like you were saying that uh, I was reading from the uh, uh, a little more uh, from this paragraph. It says here that the wind symbolizes aspirations and the east. It is the region of the light. Therefore, the candidate is informed that through aspiration for spiritual wisdom, he may cross the sea of sensuality. So sensuality dry dry mm. dry shot by those who foolishly enter this sea with unworthy motives are doomed to destruction. Mm. And that's so true. Yeah. That's so true. Because you've got a lot of people is, 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 is it, Yeah, it's a work in progress for each and every one of us. You know, as long as you have a physical body, I mean, you know, there's temptations, there's things in which that you might not make the best judgment on, you know. But the thing is, is to continue mastering yourself, getting to know yourself to the levels where um, you can avoid temptation and avoid, um, you know, the things of the lower realm of the. Right. You no, know, I think I think um, you know, uh, even in the illustration the allegory of Jesus. You know, uh, he was talking to the so-called Sahedrins or so-called Jews, and um, he told them, he said, um, you know, uh, I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. Right. You know, and that's what we all got to get to that level of, you know, of understanding. Hey, we can right. be here, you know, but my thoughts is not your thoughts. You know, your thoughts is from below. My thoughts is of, from on high. Right. You know, and that's basically what those illustrations was telling us is the battle between lower self and higher self. Yeah. You know, how to obtain connection to higher self on principles, your own internal personal God, as they say, your Lord and Savior. You know, and we and, and I'm saying this because these are Christian terminologies, but they themselves don't understand what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk it. You know, in the cult, the activation of the pineal gland is the development of your Christ or your Heru. Or Buddhahood, mm-hmm. you know, or Set, which is the mother principle, the goddess principle within each and every one of us, is risen, can be through the sexual act, through proper tantric and breathing, 
visualization methods to the pineal gland to awaken all soul, the sleeping God, the God who becomes the Lord of the underworld, and from their divine union, which is called divine marriage is heaven, we see the production or of, of his rule, the Christ. You know, referred to also as Melchizedek or Michael, the archangel. You know, which is nothing more than another form of all saw. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we we talking about the Marku. Marku is is a is is the word Michael, and that is another word for um, for Heru, Heru Marku. Um, in fact, um, Heru M Arket. Um, that's a form of the Sphinx, as well as also a form of Tahuti and Heru together as the initiators. Um, as you were just finished talking about being initiated, you know, through the trials and tribulations of the lower self, of the lower nature, and you battling those particular um, lower self tendencies and achieving godhood. Yeah. yeah. The true Armageddon. Right. That's the true Armageddon, the, the great jihad. You know? Mm-hmm. The jihad, you know. Right. I had to explain to uh, my mother what jihad meant. Right. She thought it was a holy war against uh, the Western world. And no, 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 no. It's been, uh, 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 been badly misinterpreted, you know, by the media and other forces, you know, that tends to destroy or tends to uh, destroy what the, the meaning of Islam, you know. Right. It's the fanatics in which that comes to that understanding. They're thinking that it's an external, just an external war. You yeah. know, but the Sufis and you know, and those who study um esoteric information know very well that that the um only devil is the one that dwells within each and every one of us. And that's right. the one that we have to conquer. The battle our lower nature, you know. Right. Right. And that's what it's about. Right. That's the well, holy war right there. Yeah, that's that's the that's the holy war. Like you said, that's the Armageddon, that's the great jihad, you know. You know, everybody, you know, worrying about these four horsemen. Well, that's nothing but the four lower chakras. Mm. You know, horses symbolizes horsepower. You know, and within okay. your various chakras, you have a certain amount of hidden power or force in which that can be unleashed. And unleashed improperly can actually cause plagues, the seven plagues, um, in which that the four horsemen bring. If done properly, then it can bring the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what it really was talking about. So, now, if we go to another book, all right, um, Sex and Race by Jay Rogers, excellent book, he states in there that Theodorus, um, Silaculus, of the first century BCE states that the Egyptians got their laws, their customs, their burial rites, their statues, which is their laws, and their system of writing from Ethiopia. Okay? Mm. Furthermore, the gods of Egypt, you know, which 
of course, becomes later on the gods of Greece, the gods of Rome, and etc., were of Ethiopian ancestry. Right? He states all this in the Sex and Race, Volume 1, J. Rogers. Now, the late uh, Dr. Albert Churchward, in his, in his works, The Origin and Evolution of Religion, he holds that the African Pygmies and the Nubians, of course, Ethiopians and Kushites, were the real originators of religion. All right. Um, the late Count Siavani Voni uh, Voni in his book The Ruins of Empires he writes that all religions originated in Africa. All right. The um, Ethiopians conceived themselves, said Diodorus, a Greek historian, to be a great iniquity, and that any other than any other nation. They supposed themselves also to be the inventors of divine worship, of festivals, of selim, um, assembly, of sacrifices, and of every other religious practice. Right? The late Dr. Um, Brest, famous Egyptologist, maintained that the Ethiopians were the first to give religious thought and aspiration to the world. Right? Mm. So, um, metaphysics which is philosophy, ontology, um, too, is derived from the religious thoughts of Ethiopians or Kushites, called the Tanesi or the Kamau, which are also referred to as the Tessetians. All right, so we understand that metaphysics is a branch of philosophy concerned with explaining the uh, fundamental nature of being in the world. Metaphysical principles are intended to describe and explain all that is. Metaphysics may be derived from the meaning of the Greek roots, literally meta, meaning beyond, and physics, meaning the, stu the, the study or the science of matter. All right, therefore, um, let's look at the Holy Bible's historical origin and its astrological and physiological meanings. Because when we look at it in that way, you know, keep in mind the supreme axiom as above, so below, as within, so without. Mm -hmm. Right? So religion has primarily been presented to people according to the exoteric or out of court information. Um, this information includes the basis on how to perform prayer and other rituals, um, basic tenets and emotional latent stories, myths, which conveyed a moral principle. Now, in the out of court, people are encouraged to listen to sermons about God and his prophets and the talk of love of God and the love of his prophets. Few, however, are encouraged to experience God and to actually function according to the methodology employed by the various prophets. All right? Um, such works is, um, you know, is the business of esoteric or the inner court. You know, even the Quran speaks, um, speaks of that there's um, they know the outer meaning of the life of the lower world, but of the hereafter, they are he they are heedless. Huh. You know, and that's why the ancient Kim um, Kimites, Sumerians, spent more than probably nearly ninety percent trying to understand the death principle, or life after life, or life after death. As they refer mm -hmm. to it as. You know, because while the outer court people argue over such absurdities as 
my religion is better than yours or my God is the true God and yours isn't. The inner core promotes unity. The, the, the esoteric, you know what I'm saying, promotes unity. Because those who reach the inner court witness the unity and the realization of God. And that's always conveyed the one um, primary message, a message that appears to be different because it comes to men and women in different geographical locations and who were of different uh, backgrounds, different mm-hmm. languages, you know. But people who reach the inner court realize the principles are the same across um, time and geography. Even though these principles may contain in a different bottle bearing different labels, but the essence of, of its content is the same. You know, so people who reach the deep religious wisdom of the inner court or mystic traditions or called the yogis in the East, the Sufis in Arabia, mm-hmm. the shamans in the so-called nature-based religion, the Essenes in, or the Gnostics in the Judaic tradition, or the Kabbalists, you know what I'm saying, and many, many other titles. You know? Um, there's, there's another good book, The Secret Teachings of All Ages by Manly P. Hall. Oh, yeah. All right, he, this is what he says in his epic book. He who would phantom the depths of philosophic thought may familiarize um, himself with the teachings of those initiated priests designated as the first custodians of divine revelation. The mysteries claim to be the guardians of the transcendental knowledge so profound as to be incomprehensive, save to most exalted intelligence or intellect, and some potent as to be revealed with safety only to those of whom personal ambition was dead and who had consecrated their lives to the unselfish servant of humanity. Both the dignity of these sacred institutions and the validity of their claim to possession of universal wisdom are attested by the most illustrious philosophers of antiquity who were themselves initiated into um, the profound secret doctrine and who bore witness is ephesus. The question may legitimately be propounded if these ancient mystical institutions were of such great piss and movement, why is so little information now available concerning them and the archaic they claim to possess? The answer is simple enough. The mysteries were secret societies. Binded the initiates to secrecy and avenging with death the betrayal of the sacred trust. Although these secrets or schools, excuse me, were the true inspiration of the various doctrines by the ancient philosophers, the fountainhead of these doctrines were never revealed to the profane. Furthermore, in the lapse of time, the teachings became so linked with the names of their dissimilators that the actual but Recondate sources, the mysteries came to be wholly ignored. So, what is he saying here? Well, that these particular schools were actually set together 
as initiate stages in order to keep those who were profane. In other words, cast not your pearls before swine. Okay? And that's basically what he's saying. You know, and that's how the ancient mystery schools operated at one time. You know? Um, since 2012, the indigenous people of the planet Earth, or leading up to 2012, have all stated the same thing, is that now the truth must be revealed. So the ancient mystery school is no longer just taking this information and keeping it a hidden secret. You know, it's no longer just a mystery. Now it has to be revealed to all those who choose to accept it. If you do, then you continue on your path of enlightenment, possibly join one, you know, a secret society, become a, a Freemason, become a Rosicrucian, become an Astara member, whatever the case is, you know, or join our organization, ICROM. Indigenous Cosmic Golden Ray Order of Melchizedek, which is the spiritual order for United Washington. But whatever the case is, by you joining a so-called secret society, and the information actually is a secret, anybody can go right now and purchase Duncan's Rituals. Let's be for real. Yeah. But the thing in which that is secret is not necessarily just the handshakes or the passwords, you know, or the knocks, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's the understanding of the mysteries encoded in the rituals and the ceremonies. Yeah. You know, can you really get a clear understanding, overstanding, understanding of what you have just went through? What is the esoteric principle behind what you just went through? Mm-hmm. What is the historical value that you just went through? That's what has to be explained. And this only can be explained by way of you opening yourself up to that's the mystery. That's really what this is. Now, you go to um, Dr. George D. James' book, The Stolen Legacy, uh, uh, he he tells you, and even though this is an allegory, he states that all the great religious leaders from Moses to Christ were initiates of the Egyptian mysteries. Now, all the biblical characters are allegory, but remember, the skin complexion of the people who wrote those books has not changed. Right. These are melanated people. All right? So these stories were still meant as a moral intervention or morality intervention, as well as also an esoteric divinity. Right? When you read about Adam saying God, you know, saying to God that um God you gave it to me, that was denial on the part of Adam. That was mm-hmm. one of the first flaws in human characteristics in, in the human character. And so that's the reason why you have these stories showing you the flaws of the prophets, of these men who are supposed to be greater. You know, these men who met God face to face, but yet they still possess flaws, human flaws. But yet they seen God face to face. You know, so Adam blamed Eve 
So that was a form of denial. All right? Um, David slew Goliath, you know, and then put um, Bathsheba's husband on the front line so he can have her. Mm-hmm. Moses um, killed two Egyptians. He's able to um, look over the mountain to see the promised land, but died soon after. Mm. You know, these are all stories talking about the flaws. And even when you get to Jesus, you know, you know, even it, you know, in his story, you know, he he didn't do anything of these magnitudes that these prophets did. You know what I'm saying? It showed forth the human flaws, but he still lied. He told um, Mary Magdalene, go and tell the disciples that you've seen me and that um, I go to the right-hand side of my father. You know, but he didn't go to the right-hand side of his father at that particular time. But he told, the, but he told Mary Magdalene, go and tell the disciples that he did. So there's flaws. You know, as they say, a little white lie is still a lie <laughs> <laughs> alright so um, that that is the reason why these particular stories was given right. you know um, another particular story was the papyrus of the Albany now, this is from the British Museum 10183 my wife and I actually seen this document and it's actually up the Potiphar um, story or the tale of the two brothers is the origin of the story of, of Joseph actually Yasir who's also Pata, uh, which the story of Imhotep of the third dynasty um, we get you know uh, Imhotep of the third dynasty on the Dozer or Zozer he was a fine visor he, he was be the seat of what we now call the Pope next to the Pharaoh or the Nagu. Alright? And this is the same story told of Joseph in the Bible. Genesis, the 37th chapter, the first through the 39th verse, uh, 1 through 23, you know what I'm saying? Uh, this this is shown over and over again in these particular um, stories, you know. And I'm not going to yeah. go through everything, but we know that Joseph supposed to have been the visor in Egypt, a mystical um, a mythical story about the allegorical characters based on Imhotep, the, who's the prime minister, the prime visor, you know what I'm saying, of ancient Timeri. You know, so the um, the name the Bible stated that was given to Joseph by the Pharaoh was. Sebhenef, Panif, which was translated, uh, God lives, God speaks, right? Now, check this out. The translation of Imhotep means the voice of I am, and it's identical to the biblical name of Joseph. Mm. The God lives, the God speaks. So Imhotep was known, was the known scribe, the known um, lector uh, priest, archaeologist, astronomer, magician, which is 
medicine and magic, which is herbalism, um, was all used together. Imhotep was the chief architect of the Third Dynasty under King Dozer, or Pharaoh Dozer, Nagul, Dozer. So he was the first master uh, architect, all right, or the oldest uh, moderate um, architect, you know, right? Because you remember, uh, that's, this is nothing compared to 2.8 billion years, um, billion years ago, all right? Uh, and I didn't want to even get off on um, our existence off the planet because the Amazulu people, which means sky people, um, under Kreda Mutua being the last shaman, speaks about that. The Dogon mm-hmm. speaks about that. Uh, before, matter of fact, the Amazulu said that before they came to planet Earth, they was on the red planet, which is talking about Mars. Mm-hmm. So when, in 1977, we had the Viking expedition, Viking 1, and soon after Viking 2, they actually showed the pictures of, of the Sidona site, you know, of their head, the pyramids, uh, uh, the head or the face on, the, um, on Mars, the pyramids, the, uh, um, the temple structures, so forth and so on, is right there, you know. So we have proof of the fact that so-called African people say that they existed before they came here to planet Earth. Okay, so this is why technology over time just pops up or keep popping up, like the Egyptian um, technology, uh, um, the technology of, of Mesopotamia, the Sumerians, you know, the Arcadians, you know, all this technology, you know, what I'm saying pops up around four thousand years ago. All right. This 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 goes back to um, around the same time period or soon after, all right? As Imhotep was also the um, builder of the Zekarat, which is the Step Pyramid, all right? Um, during that time period, Imhotep was declared the son of Ptah and Segmat. Mm. You know what I'm saying? In the triad of Men uh, uh, Nefir, which is the word Men Nefir uh, becomes Memphis. And was also sometimes identified as this son, Nephritim. Therefore, the story of Jesus, the son of God, Patara, um, same as the word Father, who art in heaven, is based on Imhotep. Okay? Um, I wanted to make that clear. For people, when we talk about these stories... Some of them have a rendition to actual living people, mm-hmm. like the story of Joseph. All right, the songs, the songs of Solomon, the Psalms of David. That's Amenhotep the Third, Amenhotep the Fourth, known as Unten, as we was talking about in the last um, week's discussion on the divine hymns of Akhenaten, uh, Unten. All right. Now you get the book. It's called the Seal. No, the Sign and Seal by Graham Hancock. All right. He states this is that Imhotep was often characterized in inscriptions as the image and likeness of Ta- of Thoth, which is Tahuti, and was also the successor of Thoth after the deity had ascended to heaven. 
Right? This is the same belief origin of the Pope being the vigor of Christ. <clears throat> this is where that comes from. Okay, so Imhotep became the son of Ptah, creator of Memphis, of Men Nefer. All right? Whose nature as a god of craftsmen particularly suited the father of offsprings, renowned for uh, structural skills. This is the origin of Jesus being the carpenter after his father Joseph, Yasset, was also a carpenter. Now, this is from a book called Egyptian Myths by George Hart. Okay, so this is what we're talking about. Um, even in the book of um, Acts, the seventh chapter, the twenty-second verse, it says Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. You know, we assert, we, we we actually can assert that there was no single physical Moses, at least not the mythical character of the Holy Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, the character is actually composed of several different ancient living persons. Uh, the story of of um, Moses was based on uh, the Tamerian story of the Bark of Ra, which astrologically, you know, is the story of the sun moving through the Milky Way galaxy. And physiology, we're talking about the physical, is the story of the sperm encased in semen, semen moving through the spinal fluids up the um, spinal column to the kingdom of God, which is in the third ventricle where it receives uh, the spark of God. And travel back down to reside within the testicles to be gushed forth. This story is actually passed nearly 1,000 years before Moses. Mm. The allegory of Moses uh, uh, by Sargon the, um, um, the first king of Arcad. The same story of, of, of Moses being sealed in a boat of um, um, in a in a basket of slime and sent up the river and found by royalty is the exact same story a thousand years. Told a thousand years before Moses um, by Sargon I of Arcade. The story is found on fragments of tablets from the Kuyun, um, the Kuyun um, Jik, which is um, called the Sargon, um, the Sargon Legend. Um, Brian Lewis um, trans, um, um, wrote it. It's the American School of um, Orient uh, Research, 1978. Hmm. And this is what it says. It says, Sargon, strong king, king of Akkad, am I. My mother was a high priestess. My father I did not know. My paternal kin inhabited the, um, the mountain region. My city of birth is um, Asu Puranu, which lies on the, bar- on the bank of the Euphrates. My mother, a high priest, conceived me in secret. She bore me. She placed mm-hmm. me in a reed basket with... Um, bit you she chalked my hatch she abandoned me to the river from which I could not escape the river carried me along to Akat the water drawer alright remember Moses name means to be drawn forth from water alright and Aki the water drawer when emerging his bucket lifted me up Aki, the water drawer, raised me as his adopted son. 
Now you go to the book of Exodus, uh, uh, second chapter one through ten. Damn near the same story, except now, Aki becomes um, a female. All right, <clears throat> the Pharaoh's daughter, and then went a man out of the house of Levi, and took to the wife a daughter of Levi, and the woman conceived and bare the son, and when she saw him, that he was a godly child. Wow. She hid him three months, and when she could not longer hide him, she took for him a ark of bush, of um, bulrush, and dabbed it with slime and pitch, and put the child therein, and said, lay in it in the flag for the river bank. And his sister stood afar off to what would um, have done, been done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along the riverside. And when they saw the ark with the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby wept. And said, and she had compassion upon him. And this is one of the Hebrew children. Then, also, um, then said his sister, then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to the nurse and the Hebrew uh, woman that she may nurse the child for thee? The Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. A Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, uh, And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And he, um, and he, woman, took the child and nursed it. Right? And the child grew, and she brought unto um, him unto the Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called him Moses, as she said, because I drew him from out the water. Okay? So we're looking at this similar, similar story. You know what I'm saying? Just minor things change, as they always do. If I whispered in your ear, uh, and you whispered into the next person here, and by the time you get back around the room, it would not be exactly the same story. Everybody would have add their own little flavor up into there. All right. So the story of Moses takes place in the Holy Bible in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Um, Jesus' life takes place in four chapters too: Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Now, four is one of the biblical number codes that designate the 360 plus five days of the earth rotating at 23.5 degree angles on its axis and it revolves around the sun producing the so-called four seasons called spring which is resurrection summer ascension autumn which is fall or the betrayal and winter the sepulcher or tomb now this, this is what we have to understand is that as above so below as within so without does every astrological event is actually taking place within your physiology, and this is what people don't understand. All right. Now, when you look at the origin of the Old Testament, it's interesting that there's seventy plus two, symbolizes the seventy-two degrees in astrology. Rabbis involved in the writing and at the Temple of Jerusalem, which was supposedly destroyed in seventy um, C.E. Now. If you get an article called the Library of Alexandria, the workshop 
in which religions was modeled was in Alexandria and Egypt, which became the focal center of culture, knowledge, religious speculation, and propagandism. It became the emporium for religious dogma throughout the East and a place of result for the disciples of nearly every system of religious faith then existing. Now, the Alexandrian Museum and Library was founded and maintained by a long succession of Ptolemies in Egypt from the beginning of the 3rd century B.C. After Ptolemy I Sota, one of Alexander's generals, made himself pharaoh of Egypt, at the suggestion of Demetrius, all right, he set up a shrine devoted to the Muse, the Museum of Alexandria. A later date, about 180 to 145 B.C., first mentions the Library of Alexandria. Now, the author, one Orestes, a Jewish scholar, is related about a century later and romanticized an account of the, of the translation into Greek of the Jewish scriptures. Aretes writes that Demetrius recommended Ptolemy's Sota to gather a collection of books on kingship and ruling, like Plato, um, philosopher kings, and furthermore to gather books on all the world's people that he might better understand subject and trade partners. So Ptolemy gave Demetrius the job of gathering extended books and scrolls and supervising the translation of the books of all nations into Persian or what became known as Greek. All right, now we know that real Greek actually is actually Phoenician, mm. all right, which is actually derived from Hebrew, right, which is up. actually derived from Metronetra. Mm. And we know that the script of Arabic called Kufic is from the Muiric script or what is called the demonic script. Actually, the, the demonic script of Metronetra and Arabic are nearly identical. Okay? So, the translation of the Jewish, which is the uh, Kometan scriptures, began it and Demetrius' suggestions. So Ptolemy hired and housed 72 rabbis for the project. Alexander's successor, Ptolemy I, um, Sota carried out um, carried over, um, off over 100,000 Jews, and they was deported to Egypt or fled. They're still reeling from the influence of the Babylonian captivity. Jews came to be a large minority of the population of Alexandria, living besides the Egyptian Greeks in their own quarters. Governed by the eunuchs, um, the ether, um, the ether, Norwich, Norch, and originally uh, it says and originally exempted from many taxes. It says the Jews has always copied features they liked it from the religions of their neighbors and conquerors, and drafted their doctrines into Judaism, as Old Testament stories show. So this is just explaining the reason why we see these same stories told over again from the Jewish perspective. Ptolemy of Philadelphia has set up the muse, the museum library, and later the Serapium. All right, Serapium. He followed and was open to the to the public. The city offered the perfect opportunity to religious thinkers to learn ideas of the sages of ancient religions and adapt them. All right, theological schools arose, and a 
stimulating mix of pagan Jewish Eastern thoughts developed. Ideas was adopted not only from the other theologies coming in in um, Alexandria, but also from Zoroastrianism of Iran, and even from the founders of Neoplatonism. Of course, we you know there ain't no such thing as Neoplatonism. We know that Plato was a student in ancient Kemet. So that's nothing more than information coming from the, out of ancient mystery schools. Ammonium, which is Ammonius, is actually Amen, um, Buddhism, Hinduism from India, and many um, uh, men of every philosophy and every faith met, exchanging ideas and borrowing religious doctrine, revising their own religion in light of the wisdom of others. Right, so, now how we know this, because there's a book that says how the Old Testament came to be, this is by Charles F. Burgess, and he states that although the whole of the Old Testament has been written by 150 B.C., the writings were not declared um, authorized um, until 90 A.D. by the Council of Rabbis at Jania. It was this group, some say 72 rabbis, who decided which of the later writings should be included in the Old Testament. It was at the Council of Jania in 90 A.D., that the compilation of the new official said Jewish Conan, um, Conan, or which we call the revise of the original Septuagint, um, began. Right, based on the history of the Pentateuch or the Tanakh and other books of the Old Testament from which that we have taken legends and show uh, about what time they was written. The second shows what other nations were processed of this legend long before the time and that the Jews copied from them. Now, this is from another book called Bible Myths and Their Parallels in Other Religions by Tim W. Dow. All right? So, um, another one called 101 Myths of the Bible. Uh, Jesus, um, Jesus Chronicles, Old Truths Uncovered by Judy James Carter um, She states that it was uh, Not until 397 AD That the Bible assumed the present form That it has now It's the uh, first synods of um, um, Lodicea Held about 363 AD An assembly of bishops decided What could be read aloud They was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus Numbers, Deuteronomy Joshua, Judges Ruth, Esther, first and second book of Kings, third and fourth books of Kings, first and second book of Esther, the book of the 150 Psalms, the Proverbs of Solomon, Ecclesiastics, the Songs of Solomon, Job, the 12 Prophets, which is Isaiah, Jeremiah, uh, Baruch, and the Laminations, the letters Ezekiel and Daniel. All right, so uh, the oldest version of the Bible is this. Uh, Sinai Bible and it's housed in the British Museum and there's actually like 14,800 differences between it and the damn King James Version wow okay I just had to throw that in there <laughs> okay now the book of Genesis it comes from the Purim Hiru Sut or the open of the mouth ceremony brought forth by day and night all right. Um, you can find it in the Sumerian text, the Epic of um, Enki and Nehershag. Um, um, 
know what I'm saying? The whole story about the rib uh, came from that story about um, Eve being com- uh, coming from the um, from Adam's rib. Well, uh, in the epic of um, Inky and um, Nin Hershak, it says, "My brother, what hurts thee?" Talking to Inky, um, she asks and says, "My rib hurts me." <laughs> All right, <laughs> and guess what? Her name Annette, which is Ninty. Her name means Lady of the Rib, and she cures what? Inky's rib. So uh-huh. hence, the lady. <laughs> so hence, she comes from Inky's rib, or hence Adam's rib now. Uh-huh. The Book of Knowing, the Evolution of Ra, and the Overthrowing of Apep, you know, which is the story of, of Cain and Abel. All right, it's the story of um, Osar, or Heru, and um, Set. You know, the conflict between Cain and Abel was taken from the setting, the setting Osarian uh, um, story. You know what I'm saying? Um, the, the Sumerian tale of Demusi. Which is um and um Enkidu. You know, that 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 is the tale of Abel and Cain again. Adapa is is nothing more than um Enoch. Adam and Eve punishment, the loss of immortality was taken from the um, Mesopotamian story of Adapa. Deliverance of man from destruction. He's talking about the um Noah story. Which becomes also within the Babylonian epic of Gilgamesh, right? Where his name was um, 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 Zudra. Okay, so the story of Nimrod um, was taken from the Egyptian um, pharaoh um, Sesostri, right? Or Sensu, or Sensuet, um the third. As he was called You know I, I can go on About where these stories Come right. from <laughs> You know All these same stories that we find Compact within the Genesis, Book of Genesis We see it throughout the rest of the books in the Bible Exodus um, Comes from the battle of um, Megiddo The expulsion of the Hyksos We mm-hmm. got um, who was under um, Atmosis in the latter story of Sargon, first of Acadia, I'm called the Legends of Sargon. You know, in the, the book 16 of, crucified saviors. Right, right. Uh, no. 16 crucified saviors by um, Percy Graves. Percy Graves. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, Christianity Before Christ by John G. Jackson. You know, in the book of Leviticus, it comes from the papyrus of Ani, the Mayatian Code, later become the Habarabi Code, or the Codex of um, uh, Ur uh, Namu of Sumer, uh, also called a, uh, the Codex of Ishnuna, the Codex of Lapis-Istar of um, Isin. Numbers comes from the story of Sinuhi. Uh, uh, um, uh, what's, what's, what's the next book? Uh, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy comes from the 42 negative confessions of Mayat, the papyrus of Ani, the Habarabi Code again. 
the code of Ur um, Namu, the code of um, Ish uh, Nuna. These particular codes was written thousands of years, hundreds and thousands of years. The Ten Commandments, as we know, was taken for the 147 negative confessions that is in the book of Deuteronomy. The Codex of Lapidus Star. Right? Joshua, the book of Joshua was taken from the Battle of Megiddo. The expulsions of the Hyksos under Moses. Judges was taken from uh, the Arcadian creation story. The journey of uh, when uh, Amman to Phoenicia. The story of Akat. The Giza Almanac. Story Roof was actually taken from the temples of the Hat Heru of Dendera that dates back over 2,100 years ago. Hmm. Samuel uh, came from the Epic of Gilgamesh, the Arcadian uh, creation epics, the tales of Akkad, the Leshet, Autorak. Kings came from the expulsion of, of um, um, to the Lebanon, the Anus and the Black Obelix of Solomon uh, uh, Nishir the Third, the fight campaign of the Armenian coalition. On and on and on. That's where the Book of Kings and the Books of Chronicles come from. The Ugaric uh, poems. About Baal and Anif or Anath, the campaign against Syria and Palestine from Tiglath um, Palaser the Third, Sargon the Second, the fall of um, Samaria, Sinai um, Cherith the surge or the siege of Jerusalem, the campaign of Sinach, the first, the Mesopotamian legend of Etan, or Etana, which is actually where we get the story of Elijah from. The story of Isra comes from the Perhem Hebrew text or the open of the mouth ceremony by day and night, the chronicles of the Chaldean kings, the fall of Jerusalem, Nebuchadnezzar II, the cylinder of Cyrus. Um, Esther. All right. The story came from the Sumerian tales that she is Ishtar, meaning the star. They did a whole story around it. This information comes from Jesus Chronicles of the Old uh, Truth Uncovered by Judy Carter. Nahimima, uh, from from Thutmose the um, third and Akhenaten, also um, is derived from the uh, petition for authorization to rebuild the Temple of Yahoo. Job is from the Egyptian uh, um, text, Ecretion uh, um, text, the Ugaric legend of Kiret. The poems of Tabu Utel Bao, 
which is the Babylonian poem. This is where the story of, of Job comes from. Matter of fact, uh, the comparison between the two um, states the same thing. All right? In my um, prison, my house is turned into the feather of myself. My feet have stumbled. With a whip, he has beaten me. All day, they pursue me. In the night watches, he let me suffer. That tortures my joints are turned asunder. My limbs are destroyed. My sickness baffles the con- um, conjurers, and the seers left dark. My omen. This is almost verbatim in the in the book of Job. All right, the book of Psalms from the hymn of um, Achnaton. Uh, All right, um, which is Psalms 40 in particular, Psalms. 104, we know that they are nearly identical. You know, that rod, that staff, that comfort me. This is the Egyptian symbol. When you see them with the rod and the staff um, crossing each other, they comfort me. The rod symbolizes um, the um, kundalini. The staff symbolizes the, uh, the spinal column as it crooks up over top of the head. Bowl over top of the head. Symbolic to the governing vessel. Um, vessel. All right, for those who study Qigong, Tai Chi, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. You have the governing vessel and you have the conceptual vessel or functional vessel or channel. Proverbs, the instruction of, um, of um, Patai Hotep, the instructions of Amenhotep, the Arcadian observation of life, the words of Hakira. All right, that's where Proverbs come from. Right. Um, matter of fact, the Kemet and uh, Papyrus details the instructions of Amenhotep, uh, which became King Solomon's Book of Proverbs. Right, Ecclesiastics, the words of um, um, Hakir, as well as the um, Sumerian Proverbs, is where Ecclesiastic comes from. The Songs of Solomon, the Love Songs, or the Akkadian Hymns, which is the Hymns of Ishtar. Right. Isaiah, the prophecies of Neferohu, um, the wisdom of Archer, as well as the Sumerian proverbs. This is what this these are the books that the Jews had access to, coming from out of Babylon and well as having Egyptian mystery information. And so they was able to put together their books based off of these particular books that I'm telling you that they utilize. Alright. Um, Jeremiah, the words of um, Akir and the Arcadian Mary letters, the lamination of Jeremiah, the words of Akir and the Arcadian Miriam letters again. Um, Ezekiel, um, the whole story of Ezekiel is based on the number four, as we said earlier. The man is um, Aquarius or Ptah, which is John or Gabriel. The lion is uh, Leo, which is Atom Ray, Segmat. Um, in, her, in the feminine form, Matthew or Uriel. The ox, calf, or bull is Taurus, which is also Apis or Apis. The strong bull, uh, which is Marco, Raphael. And the eagle is uh, Scorpio, which is um, Heru, which is the hawk, which is also a form of Luke or Michael. So it represents the four cardinal points of the zodiac. All right, so when you read the whole thing about Ezekiel, that's what it's based on. Daniel is coming from the Ugarian legends of Danel, the Babylonian poem of Danel, which dates back 1600 BCE. 
prophecies of Nefertiti, a Nefertiti, all right? Um, Hosea, uh, uh, um, as well as Joel, Amos, Obadiah, uh, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, uh, Habakkuk, uh, Zephaniah, um, Hagi, uh, Haggai, uh, Zechariah, Malachi, these are the 12 um, books. And this is all derived from the Temple of Dendera once again, as well as the teachings of the Zoroastrianism, which is the gazers to the stars, um, from their book called the Zen of Vesta, right, which originated, you know, um, from the Israelite um, exile, when they were supposedly exiled, you know. So um, we, we have the origin of the New Testament, and where that comes from, a, a short synopsis of the Pisos um, history um, is a book by Victor Manos, in which that he explains um, that they was Ozastrian, um, that they followed the Ozastrian, the Ozastrian um, belief system of astral theology and spiritual system, in which that was um, degraded into a religion founded around 700 BCE, allegedly by the Persian um, prophet named uh, Zarathustra or Zoastra. All right, so uh, we see that in another book by James Ballantine from Hannah, uh of the rise, the decline, and the fall of Roman religion and Christianity. Um, also in another article, it's called The True Authorship of the New Testament. It says the slaves in the Old Testament was intended to mean the Torah, meaning the sepulcher or the Greek translation of Torah to the royals, the Old Testament was intended to mean the last will and testament of Julius Caesar. So J.C. becomes that of the Old Testament, and now they wanted to create a new J.C., Jesus Christ story, and so they use once again, the aspects of the, on the wars of ancient Kemet. Right, so um, you get Flavius Josephus, who was really Arias Pisos. Right. Um, you get another book by Professor Bruno um, Broder, um, Christ and the Caesars. All right. Now, Arias Pisos was related to King Herod, the same King Herod supposedly that uh, for two years looked for Jesus. All right. Jesus was hiding amongst his people in Egypt, as they say. All right. So. Uh, he was also related to the Egyptian rulers, the Ptolemies. Uh, it was he who was Flavius Josephus, the so-called first historian, all right, the first Jewish or, you know, historian, you know. Uh, we got the information uh, from the following list of Flavius Josephus' books and compared them to the various books in the Bible. All right, you got Philip uh, War Book, Chapter 3, Section uh, 21, which is part of the Philip um, Philip Act 6-5, Judas War Book, Chapter 2, um, 4, Section 21 um, of the Judas Acts 5-37. Um, um, I can go on, but the names in which that is in the Bible uh, and which that these stories come from or has close connection to is some of the same stories told in one shape, form, or fashion in the life and works of Flavius Josephus, 
to learn an authentic Jewish historian and celebrated warrior to which it added seven dissertations concerning Jesus Christ, John the Baptist, James the Just, God commands to Abraham, etc. Translated by William Winston A.M. Right now, the crazy thing is, is that the Jesus in which that he mentioned at least 14 different Jesuses, how about none of them is the same Jesus in which that is spoken of within the Bible? <laughs> now, you know, that's to say this, is that um, what we find out is that the Ptolemies, and if you go back and read the Ptolemies and who they are, and their connection to the Pisos family, or Pisos family, as they also refer to as, you see the origin of the biblical characters once again. Like, for example, um, Jacob was based on King Yakuhur, who reigned during the 1655-1646 B.C. King David uh, 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 reigned, you know what I'm saying, was during the same time as uh, Thesusian um, reigned. And Moses, of course, is thought Moses III. Um, Abraham is Amenhotep I. And King Solomon, um, um, the stories of King Solomon, like we said, um, is derived from Amenhotep III and Akhenaten, but it is actually during the time of Sai Amen. Right, so what they basically did, one common link in the bloodline is through Philip of Macedonia, who married Olympia, and their child was Alexander the so-called Great, right, who plundered the key regions of Greece, Persia, Syria, Phoenicia, Egypt, Babylon, the former lands of Sumer, and across to India before dying um, in Babylon at the age of 33. So this was a straight beast. All right, so um, we see that these correlations was the development of later on through the Roman Pisios family, which is Arias Pisos in particular, who authored the New Testament. All right, Mark, um, you know, uh, he authored that version around 73 CD, you know, um, Matthew. Uh, he 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 um, did that around 75 CE. Luke he did around 85 to 90 CE. Um, he did also along with Finley the Younger. Um, John um, Justice Copernicus Pisos, one of the sons of Arias Pisos, um, did that around 105 uh, CE. Acts was done um, by Finley the Younger, 96 to 100 CE, uh, who was one of the sons, was, um, also one of the sons, Justice, um, from Arias Pisos, um, along with Finley the Younger, they did acts around that time, 96 to 100 CE. Romans, uh, you see uh, another son of Arias Pisos is Proclidius, um, Pisos and um, Claudia Phoebe that was done around 100 um, BC oh, excuse me, AD 
First um, Corinthians, Galatians, and Ephesians 1, 100 and, and 103 CE from Finley the Younger. Second Corinthians and Philippians, um, Justice C. Pisios or Pisos 103 to 106, yeah, 105 CE, Colossians by Justice C. Pisos and his son Julianus, uh, who was also the father of the Emperor Marcus Aurelius, uh, did that around 105 CE. Um, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy was done between 105 to 107 CE. 1 and 2 Theologians, uh, 105, 110 CE by Justice C. Um, Pisos and his son Julianus. Um, with also the help of the nephew, Silianus. Um, Titus, the Philly the Younger, 103 to 105. Philemon, Justice C. Um, Pisos and his son Julianus. James. Uh, written by Justice C. Pisos, 110 CE. 1st and 2nd Peter, uh, Petrilius, Pisos, 110, well, excuse me, 110, 115 CE. 1st and 2nd and 3rd John, um, Julius Copernicus, Pisos, between 110 and 115 CE. Um, <laughs> Judas, the list goes on um, and on. Right. Right, and only got three left. Jude, written by Julius C. Um, Pisos between 105 115 CE. Hebrews, um, Arias Pisos um, under the name of Flavius Arrhenius, 140 CE. Um, the Revelations of John, the um, Divine, written by Julius Copernicus Pisos around 137 CE. All right, so. Uh, we went through the Old Testament and the New Testament of who wrote the books, where the information came from, so forth and so on, Brother L. I mean, I can't get more thorough than that right there. Um, what's your thoughts on it? Man, that's, that's, that's as long as that went on and on and on, man. I mean, you can't do no more uh, better than that, man. I'll be no more thorough than that. So right. I don't know if they don't, they don't, uh, the they still can add two and two together. Uh, that two and two was four. Well, I don't, I don't know what else to tell them. <laughs> Indeed. You know, I mean, uh, they still, you know, if they still believe that Samson or the sun, which was a uh, uh, was a solar myth, uh, beat, beat, uh, beat down a thousand Philistines, well, you know, that's uh, that's symbolic or allegory to the he talked his lower self down a thousand times. Right. That y'all have to be strong as an ox to do that. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's the symbolic meaning of that. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, the list you gave that, brother, that, that says it all. Mm-hmm. That says it all. Yeah, and we're the first one in order to put this list together. Um, I did this list over 15 years ago. Um reading all these particular books and finding out where these particular stories originated from and around the time that they did in the areas in which that they um, occurred. You know, um, as we heard, uh, as you heard, um, who was actually the writers of these particular stories and around the years that they did it. Um, 
this is the most thorough list that we have been able to do and come across. You know, so um, we're going to do part two. All right, we're going to do part two um, next week. For those that want to call in, have any questions, uh, give us a call in, 626-414-3535. That's 626-414-3535. Once again, that's 626-414-3535. Give us a call in. You got any questions? All right, any questions, give us a call right now. All right, um, I'm going to go to a song right quick, Brother L. And um, okay. we're going to come back and open up the lines and see if, it, you know, anybody got anything that they, you know, need to express. All right. All right. Right. We got our current event coming up, and that is March 18th, 19th, and 20th. We would love for you all to come and check us out. Um, that's going to be here on our land. That's 2188 White Oak Road, Kelly, North Carolina, 28448. Come on out and check us out. Three-day event, $150 per person. Um, you know, if you go to our website, www.drlemalbay.com, and go to um, calendar of events, you can actually see the closed hotels, motels, holiday inns, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, um, you know, check us out, you know, because we, go, we will be going through some uh, a lot of research and study, uh, you know, this information get real deep. It can't get complicated for those who don't have a teacher, and, you know, and have not um, did any research. You know, there's a lot of misinformation, disinformation that's out here. So we want to make sure that we doing our part is uplifting fallen humanity. All right. All right. What is the nearest town to the to, to you all? Um, the nearest town is White Lake, um, uh, as well as also Atkinson. Riggerwood, as well as also Elizabethtown. Okay, because if I get off a bus, what is the town that the bus will let me off at near? Um, uh, Wilmington, um, probably is the closest. Wilmington, okay. Yeah, Wilmington, Wilmington North, North Carolina. Carolina. Right. Okay, we'll write that down. Yep, yep. And we'll come and get you, Brother L. All right, brother. Appreciate it. I appreciate you coming this year. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Whether you suffer from pain in your back to aches in your knees, come on down and purchase you some ancestral tea to get rid of all the parasites, toxins, and fleas. Spiritual elevation for cosmic gravitation. So put away the patience, because there's no time to be wasted. Knock you fit in the uh, the book, you know, because I know that um, 
what is right. Dr. York? Well, no, the word Ilion. Uh, right, Ilion. Mm-hmm. Well, the word Ilion um, simply means is the name of God. Ilion means um, God up there or Lord of the sky. Um, Ilion actually is the star Sirius um, constellation, which is Sirius A, Sirius B, Sirius C, Polo Tolo, Ziggy Tolo, and Emiya. And there's also a Sirius D. So Ilion is that particular constellation of the dog star called Canis Major. Okay? Now, the Dogon uh, speaks of the Dogon, uh, uh, Sirius um, beings called the Nomos, uh, which are the Christ beings. Uh, they speak of it as um, a dolphin, um, in a sense, uh, communicate with them and transferring information to them. Um, all that is talking about the seed of life, actually, um, as we spoke about earlier, sperm um, um, encased in semen. And that is those are the nomos. It's talking about the life aspect. And the Anunnakian, or a branch of the so-called reptilians, or... Um, beings in which that came from heaven to earth. These are we refer to as the Nephilims in the Bible. Um, they're also referred to as the Gigi, uh, um, different words like that. Even the word Anunnaki, if you really look at it, Zechariah Ascension, um, translated as such from the you know as a, a, you know as a reader of the Sumerian text or the Mesopotamian text. However. Anunnaki um, actually means um, serpent on high, and it's talking about the Kundalini. So there's ways in which that we have to even still look deeper at these mysteries, as even these scriptures was esoteric. They weren't, um, weren't, once again, meant to just be taken literally. But this is what he has given us based on his rendition, and being he's the foremost um, Mesopotamian scholar or cuneiform scholar um, at the time. Um, there's still some things that, you know, you would, you know, as they say, take with a sprinkle of salt. I know the Dogon talked about the timeline supposed to split. So if the timeline split, is they going to put, you know, uh, certain people on one side of the timeline or, or entities and spirits on one side of the timeline and others on another timeline? Yeah, well, uh, that, that's, that has already happened. 2012 symbolized that, um, in which that people um, at that time would begin to start having, you know, to be able to make their own choice of what frequency that they will vibrate at. Will it be at the third dimension, fourth dimension, or fifth dimension? Um, we, as so-called melanated beings, are actually already fourth-dimensional beings, and we was headed into the fifth-dimensional apparent reality. However, we're being held down through doctrine, dogma, you know, um, by third-dimensional beings. And you can tell that from the hair um, texture. Um, their hair is like is fur, which is actually dealing more so with um, lanky um, antennas, which would be like the rabbit ears. So that would give you access to VHF, which is very high frequency, which is channel 2 to channel 13 um, on the old TVs. But in order to get UHF, you had to turn to channel U, which gave you access to channel 14, the channel um, 83, which was the ohm antenna, which is the curl, the curly antenna that's on the back, which is curled like your hair. So you're already a fourth dimensional being 
um, but you're being held down by a third-dimensional um, apparent um, construct, a matrix, you know what I'm saying, with these beings attempting to keep you um, in their grasp, you know, but you're supposed to be jumping as a fourth-dimensional being to a fifth-dimensional apparent reality, in which that we be dealing with not just length, width, and height, which is the third dimension. You add depth, which is time and space, becomes the fourth dimension. You'll be dealing with energy. And so if you want to choose to deal with the fifth dimension, then you have to deal with energy. So that would begin to start separating you from the masses. Okay, so how, how do you make sure? I know you uh, meditate and uh, getting out in the sun to help you raise your vibration. Uh, what else you, What else you suggest? Read or what? Yeah, well, practice of Qigong, Tai Chi. Um, the same things in which that you would see Akhenaten and Nefertiti doing um, on the walls of ancient Kemet or Temeray, in which that you would see them with their hands being held out in certain positions in front of the sun. We would refer to it as yoga or Qigong nowadays, Chinese yoga. Um, you would want to do the same things as being a bearer, um, a light bearer. Okay, and that that's only gonna work when the sun out, though, right? It can work with the sun out, or the sun is um is disappeared, and you use a lunar energy. It doesn't matter. Um, there's always prana. Prana is the all-pervading energy of the universe. In particular, um, as this energy comes comes down in cosmic rays, a hundred and uh, what they found out is that three hundred thousand tons of stardust energy falls to the planet Earth daily through the poles. So um, we are inundated with this. Um, stardust particles of energy every day. You as a melanated being is supposed to be able to take in your share of it. Hey, so you need to be in the sun hey, for at least an hour to three. So you're supposed to be in the sun for at least an hour to three hours a day. Don't think that what Melchizedek uh, represents though. Uh, cosmic energy and you're supposed to be uh, taking in. Uh, right. Well, how else can you reach the Melch? How else can you reach Melchizedek? you got to promote that upswelling of energy at 19.5 degrees, which is at the base of the spine. Mm-hmm. And that energy swells up through the spinal column, and it reaches in, um, the divine marriage in heaven with the divine soul embedded inside of the pineal gland. Um, and that soul awakened uh, to his incarceration or incarnation, and then it becomes his rule Christ. So, you know, it's only at that point that you can um, actually ascend um, in that regard. Yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to work on that with you. I know you say you got some classes and things. I'm gonna have to come on and join. What day is it? Um, it's every Sunday and every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So what you what? Okay, you say focus on the colors uh, and uh, uh, why you, why you doing the meditation and what you uh, candle too, right? I heard uh, candles are help if you got a candle. Yeah, well, if you got a candle, you can use focal meditation, which is looking at the flame and focus your energy um, in that method. So, yes, it helps you learn how to concentrate and focus. Right. Well, and the tribe of Israel, I know it's uh, the tribe, the 12 tribes, it's what? The word Israel is taken from the word Asriel. And the word Asriel is Asaro. And the word Asriel means to ascend to God. So actually it's not a tribe, it's a method, a vibe, in which that you can ascend your Kundalini up to Asar, 
who's the Father who art in heaven. All right, so that's what you want. That is the true ascension or the true Israelite, not a Negro talking on the damn street talking about the white man, the devil. So you want to be? So if you want to be an Israelite, then you do. You must do that which that it takes to ascend. Um, they um, they all know that Israel means to, um, Israel means to ascend to God. So why are they not telling people the esoteric principle behind that? How the hell can you ascend the guy talking about the white man, the devil? You can't do no damn ascension like that. And I'm not saying that. I'm not to take you know take anything away from him as far as his devilishness. Right. But I'm just saying that um, you know give me something that I can actually use to ascend to God because reading them damn scriptures literally just ain't going to take that shit. <laughs> You know, this is so, when you I must thought, um, understand uh, esoteric principles is at that point. Mm-hmm. And what what about the uh, zodiac sign? I know that they said the Quran. I haven't really read the Quran like that, but they mm-hmm. said the Quran is really like uh, astrology, more like right. Yeah, the Mesoroth. The Mesoroth is an actual. Um, it means circle of the, um, of the animals. Um, Circles of um of um of the life, you know, in which that's actually is one of the names of, of the surahs in the um Holy Quran. That's the name of the chapter. And so yeah, they got um the name of the um twelve zodiac signs right there in the um book. They got the word Najim, which means star. They got the word Shem, which means sun. They got the word um Kamar, which means moon. The whole goddamn book is a goddamn astrology book. Hell, the word Holy Quran means damn sun cycle. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, so they don't have a metaphysical, not a metaphysical. Uh, what is that? A strong concordance like the Bible got, though, right? No, no. But I mean, it's the same. It's the same um, thing. Seventy-three percent of the Holy Quran comes directly from the Bible. The other twenty-seven percent comes from the Apocrypha and from the lost books of the Bible and the Forgotten Books of Eden and the uh, um, and the Zoroastrian texts. Hmm. Oh, okay. See, so see this. See this is when we talk about. I, I, I just don't talk. You know what I'm saying? I, I can tell you exactly where these books come from because I spent 25 years researching this. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. So, um, brother L, any closing remarks before we go? Yes, I like that. What you was just talk, talk what you just touched on. About the Quran, you know, uh, uh, I've highlighted a lot of things in the Quran to prove that it's filled with astrology. Yeah, it does. You know, astrotheology. I don't know. I, you know, it's, 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 right. Uh, you know, if you mention Jesus, how you how could you not deal with astrology? The nigga had twelve disciples. What is another? He's a, he's a the solar mythical figure. Right, right. That's the sun in the sky with the twelve zodiac signs. I mean, if you gonna mention Jesus twenty five times in the Quran, and don't think that you are gonna deal with astrology, then somebody, then then you fooling your damn self, Muslim. Then they then they saying, oh, his name was Yahushua, uh, Yahshua. His name no. was Isa. Yeah. His name was Isa. Yeah. Right, right, right. And they say mm-hmm. his name was Yah. Yahshua, right, but, you know. right, but but even the name Isa, uh, what they don't know is that that's the name of Osar. His name is Isa. 
That means that Isa is also the name of Heru. Hence, Jesus' character is based off of Heru, even in the Quran. The nickname is Isa, which is the name of Heru. Another solar mythical figure. Right. But see, that's why when you study Egyptology or Kemetology, and you start looking at the Quran, you start looking at the Bible, you start looking at all these particular books, and you start having to realize that somebody is, you know, is biting from someone. You know, there's plagiarism taking place here. And there's, there's the, you know, derivatives in which that is not being spoken on. And that is done purposely in order to keep us in a state of ignorance. Yes. That's why we okay. deal with Islamism. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, let me go to the phone line. Eric Code 910, you're on the line. Hey, it's me. <laughs> hey, baby. Peace. Peace, this is good. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I just wanted to jump in too. We're talking about Islam because I would suggest giving a balance to the feminine energy. You know, it's it's not fair when the woman is stagnated when she's sitting right there. It can add on. You know, it's just not. It's not. You know. So, and there's some brothers out here wishing that their sister was on the science. So you're sitting there with one and won't let her add on. Or, or hating that she's adding. You know what I mean? Like com- being competitive or stagnating, not supportive. Um, so that's my two cents. And Islam, it's like because it's a four women to one <laughs> ratio, it's like the imbalance, that's where it's at. There's four of it, and that's the problem. You know? So be appreciative of the goddess you got, especially if she is a goddess. But we definitely see. Oh, and I'm gonna give a. I mean, I mean, the floor is open. I also want to give a shout out to to the um, faithful and loyal um, patrons that support Glass. You're the you're a Glass, and um, Rachel. Um, my prayer is that all heals. Um, Michelle, <laughs> thank you. Well, we definitely need some healing. Um. Especially within these religions, where they're able to use sexism, they're able to use racism, they're able to use, you know, male chauvinism, you know, as a way in order to justify um, their beliefs. You know, and that's what we're talking about here today, is to give a better belief system, something in which that can be based on facts as compared to something that's just based on superstition. Um, so. Um, there's always a better way And suppressing Our better half is not going to get it You know Allowing for each person to be the greatest That they can be Is the whole mission on planet earth Alright Men don't have to confine And you know And and subligate um, The woman you know In order to prove his greatness Nigga if you great be fucking great <laughs> You know because um, we know you, you know, agree. Right. And so is she. Uh-huh. Exactly. You know, so that's that's the key to this right now. 
You know what I'm saying? You came into this world by yourself, and more than likely, nigga, you're going to be gone by yourself. <laughs> and even if someone did die with you, your ass ain't going to the same place that other person going. Right? <laughs> um, because all this shit is based on different states of consciousness. So, um, get your damn self straight. Um, stop before the nonsense that you're popping. You know, get something in that head, and even more so, something better in that spirit and the elevation of that soul. Right? So, um, we out, y'all. We love y'all for once again checking us out. Um, you know, one love, one aim, one destiny, one purpose. Nah, man. And we are out. First world order radio, finally, finally, we are on the air. No doubt. There's always going to be somebody in the building on First World Order Radio. Begin on into some of that order consciousness tonight. First World Order Radio every Wednesday, 8 p.m. We got to talk about what is taking place on the planet. There's always going to be somebody in the building on First World Order Radio. First, we need to let you know we're going to be doing more shows giving out more information on Wednesdays. Wednesday is 8 o'clock. We are now going to make this the hottest day of the week. Proceeding levels in time, order, importance. The most prominent parts, voices, or instruments. Earthly state of human concerns and existence. An indefinite multitude, quantity, or distance. System regulates to bring about specifics in the movement on value with natural characteristics. Current radiates electromagnetic of sound through the airplane that your thoughts transmit. Proceeding others in time, order, importance. The most prominent parts, voices, or instruments. Earthly state of human concerns and existence. An indefinite multitude, quantity, or distance. System regulates to bring about specifics in the movement on value with natural characteristics. Current radiates electromagnetic of sound through the airplane that your thoughts transmit. Get your schedule, your schedule right. You need to know our intention straight out. All right, so, I mean, these clues are given throughout the various languages was to piece the puzzle of this ancient mystery school back together again. And what we plan on doing, both of us, is bringing y'all some surefire dynamite. We're going to take this level up a notch. We're going to have stuff to do here. This is not just going to be about philosophies and theories and shit that works. You have activated pilot land in which I produced this black chemical called melanin. We, what we did was gave a hard line in the sand between the different definitions of esoteric study and esoteric study. Playtime is over. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.